worship you, Lord. Here I am to bow by my knee before you.
time when we can finally see him. Amen. I mean, that, that's going to be a glorious time. And uh, look upon his face, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm thankful I can be here tonight. Um, I missed out last Wednesday night because of all this gunk stuff I've been fighting, but now I'm still not 100%. This is the stubbornest stuff I've ever seen in my life. But um, doing a whole lot better. was able to do some singing over there a few minutes ago, so I'm glad I'm here tonight. Good to have everybody here, and um, good to have Paul back with us tonight. Uh, <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. And we're going to go to God in prayer right now. I want to welcome everybody that's watching by means of the live stream. And I know we've got several people that uh, tune into that and watch 
from other other countries too as well. And we, if you're watching uh, from the Philippines or where it is you're watching from, we um, welcome you and hope that you um, uh, just enjoy the service tonight. But we're going to go to God in prayer and um, want to remember Sister Tina in prayer tonight. She sent a text. She had some dental work done. Uh, today and she is not able to drive. She's still having some effects from that, and uh, so that's why they're not here tonight. So we want to um, remember her in prayer, and uh, that God will uh, just touch her and in uh, and all that. And then uh, uh, Lolita is still um, uh, trying to recover from the surgery. She's having infections and various things. We want to continue to pray for her. We want to see God to um, completely bring her back up because I want to see her back in the house of God where she can give that great testimony. Amen? Praise the Lord. So um, remember her in prayer. Um, we do want to continue, as always, remember uh, Brother Paul and Sister Edna. Uh, they definitely need um, um God to move in their lives, and we constantly pray for them, and please, as you pray tonight, call their name out in prayer uh, for God to, to be with them, amen. Anybody else got a special prayer request that uh, something that God didn't mention tonight? Definitely pray for that. I, I, I know what that's about. I'm on that CPAP machine, and when I was in my war, if you don't, uh, you got sinus problems, they don't get along good at all, that CPAP machine. Yes, sir. You remember that? Yes, back in the back. wondering if uh, Sister Marjorie was going to be able to make it. I know she has been battling some stuff. I'm glad that she is here, but let's remember her, her son-in-law, Mike. Uh, God will, uh, whatever it is they have to take him to the ER about, will be all right. Did you have it in your mind? I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that right there is a time bomb ticking, folks. That's where the last battle is going to be fought is in Israel. And with um, Russia the last couple of years showing her true colors, uh, uh, what she is doing, uh, sooner or later she's going to come down with the others against Israel. The Bible tells us that in Ezekiel, the army, She's part of that in the armies of the north that's going to cover the land and be in prayer. And that is um, 
I had heard something about that, but it's on the 28th. Um, now through the 28th, people are fasting and praying for Israel. The Bible tells us to do that. Pray for the peace of Israel, of Jerusalem. So uh, let's remember that. Anybody else? Are there any? Un- yes. Amen. Yeah, she'd be going back to the doctor. She, they first tried therapy, and uh, the therapy helped a little bit, but um, she's having an awful lot of problem with it, and she'd be going back to see that specialist tomorrow. And we pray that um, God will give him the wisdom to know the best thing to do. If I know it's that person, she really suffered. She needs a touch from the Lord. All right, any unspoken requests by an uplifted hand? Yes, that's everybody. Remember our teaching tonight. Uh, we will bless the offering. Uh, of course, when did you come back? You have an offering to bring tonight for our deacons fund, the missionary fund. Bring it and greet one another in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you right now, thanking you and praising you for the privilege to be in this service, Lord. You heard all these prayer requests, and we bring them before the throne of God right now to obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Touch each and every one, God. You saw all the hands that was raised, and you know what we have need before we even ask. So be with each and every one. Bless our teaching tonight. Bless the offering that we receive as well, and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. God bless you tonight.
Well, God is good. All the time. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Douglas to pass out this hand, handout. Now, we didn't finish with all the handout in our last lesson. we got to go back to that. And give this um, copy to Paula. She probably don't have it. Um, starting on that page right there. And if anybody else don't have a copy with you, the last lesson is one or two copies over over there. You can get one. Well, by the grace of God, we're going to bring our study tonight to a conclusion. We've been teaching about angels all around and how that angels are very much real and they got a special ministry uh, and they're there to help us. Amen. We have them there to help help us and uh, um the last time we we talked about the ministry of angels, uh, how that God sends them uh, they, in response of, of prayers. Uh, he sends them to bring judgment. He sends the angels for protection. Uh, and we got that scripture in Second Kings chapter 6 when uh, the prophet of God rose up in the morning See, he done got he done got the king and different ones all upset with him, and uh, that's not unusual for somebody who declares the word of the Lord. And um, he had sent an army uh, uh, to uh, to fetch him back. Well, the prophet's uh, servant, when he woke up the next morning, he looked out the house. And he saw all those armies out there. He was worried and concerned. And the prophet prayed to the Lord. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. And the Lord opened up the servant's eyes of the young man. And when he looked, behold, the mountain was full of, full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Amen. Hallelujah. I promise you tonight, there'll be more with us than are with, with the world and the devil and his crowd. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody one time was making some smart comments, and, uh, uh, and of course, they was, they was giving reference to, to the time of a famous country song that was uh, well known at the time, and this person mocking. Uh, the Lord and different things and said, well, I've got friends in low places and the Spirit of God just stirred me on the inside. I said, well, I've got friends in high places and I'll battle them against your friends in low places any day of the week. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's move on. We've we got to try to finish this tonight. Tonight we're going to start out, it's on page number five, um, we're going to talk about the destroying angel. And um, again, please, those of you that is, is able to, got Bibles with you, I will need people to help me read tonight to cover some, uh, some things. But we're going to talk uh, about the destroying angel or 
the angel of death. The angel of death. And let's, let's go to the, um, to the handout material, and we're going to read from it, uh, the commentary that I wrote up about it. The destroying angel is also commonly referred to as the angel of death. On numerous occasions, God used an angelic being to punish disobedience and wickedness on the earth. Various Bible translations refer to this, this being as a destroying angel. Now, there's no clear biblical evidence that any one angel was given the title destroying angel or angel of death. In other words, the Bible don't make it clear if there's just one particular angel, this is his job, and this is all he does. If it is, it would be a bad job to have, wouldn't it? Amen. Uh, but um, So God could use different angels at different times for this task, we, but the Bible don't say for sure. Uh, the most we can say is that the Bible mentions a destroying angel or references to a heavenly being or beings that came to destroy those under God's judgment. Now, the most famous visitation of a destroying angel, everybody here and you watching online will, will probably remember, was back uh, at the first Passover. Uh, Egypt was about to experience the tenth and final plague, the, the death angel of the firstborn. Moses' instructions to the Hebrews contained this warning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the door frame and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Somebody quickly read Exodus 12 and 23. Will not uh, allow the destroyer. This this is a reference of the death angel or destroying angel. Now I've got that same scripture in your uh, printed in your handle with a, in a different translation, the New Living Translation. Look at what it says: For the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians, but when He sees the blood on the top and sides of the door frame. The Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. So we all know that story well. God used an angel, and he was called a destroying angel or, or death angel. And the key to survival that night was that you had the blood over the doorpost of your home. And if that angel saw that blood, he had to pass over. Hallelujah. Glory. 
And that was a type and shadow of us today. Everything that happened in the Old Testament pointed to something in the New Testament that was going to happen, the reality. And what that was is letting us know, church, that we don't have to worry and fear about a destroying angel or even death if we go by the way of the grave. If we got the blood of Jesus applied to the door of our heart, glory to God. He will pass over in the name of the Lord. That's a beautiful thing. A destroying angel, a heavenly messenger who brought destruction, was also sent by God to judge Israelites because of David's sin and numbering the people. The Lord sent a plague on Israel from the morning until end of the time designated. And 70,000 of the people from Dan to Beersheba died. Think about that. I'll let you know how powerful this one angel is. This destroying angel, this death angel. Whether or not it's only one particular or God uses an angel to do this at one time and another one another time, we don't know that. But the main point, we want to know, we can see the control and the power that he has when he is turned loose. David uh, got God angry when he decided to number the people. God didn't want the people numbered because the army that David had, God wanted David to put his faith in him, not how big his army was. That was the whole purpose of it. Don't trust your horses and your chariots. Don't trust what you've got. You trust me. David decided he wanted to know for sure how big his army was, how many men he had. And God sent a destroying angel because of what David did. When the angel stretched out his hand to destroy Jerusalem, he got up to Jerusalem. The Lord relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was afflicting the people, Enough, withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then at the threshing floor of Runah, the Jebusite. When David saw the angel who was striking the people, he said to the Lord, I have sinned. So I've got the reference right there. I'm not going to take the time. I'm going to go ahead. But you can look at it and read it if you want to. 2 Samuel 24, verses 15 and 17. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember that well. Darlene uh, was pregnant uh, uh, with um, with Jennifer, and uh, didn't have any idea that uh, it was twins. Didn't have a clue. The doctor didn't find it out because uh, Jennifer's twin, uh, Geneva. That's what we named her. 
died before that the devil, or the devil, the doctor, excuse me, the doctor could detect two heartbeats. But I remember well, we was laying in bed one night, and I don't know how many times as it was at this time, but I remember she taught, Darlene told me, she says, I feel death. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, you know, she, and she later told me that she, because she felt that so strong, she felt like that that was a sign that she was going to die in childbearing. Well, come to, come to find out, Jennifer being born um, uh, three months premature because it was at around the third death that the other baby had died. Here's a miracle. And I told Darlene then, the Lord spoke, I said, you, you felt the angel of death taking the soul of that child. Is exactly what you felt. And the miracle was she carried that dead child in her all that time, didn't set up gangrene, no problem, didn't hurt Jennifer none. She was just uh, born a, a preemie, had a lot of issues because of that. But uh, I'm glad you uh, spoke that up um, because that, that Let me say let me say one more thing about this. Uh, the closest man to God that I've known in my time was Brother Carl Engel. I believe he did. I believe he carried out, he he held the office of an apostle. And I remember him telling a story one time that he went to visit somebody that they'd asked him to come that was really deathly sick at the point of death. And uh, about the time he was going in, that person expired. And everybody went beside themselves. But Brother Angle felt like praying anyway. And I remember this. This is what makes me remember the story. He said, the first thing I did before I prayed for life to come back, he said, I rebuked the death angel in the name of Jesus. I thought, wow, I had never heard about nothing like that before. I, said, I mean, I, back then, you know, I was a lot younger in the Lord. And he said he knew he had to rebuke the death angel first. He rebuked the death angel in the name of Jesus Christ and then laid hands on that person, and uh, they began to cough, opened up their eyes. They were fine. They were fine. So um, uh, the death angel is one angel that, uh, you know, it, it's not, not a friend to us. It's a destroying angel. Uh, so, um, and there's other places in the Bible that talks about it. We just don't have the time to cover it all. And now we're going to go to the angel of the Lord. Now this is exciting right here to me. 
very exciting, and this is your handout for tonight. The Bible is packed full of mysteries. Amen. Some mysteries exist because many read through the scripture, but rarely take the time to stop and study. Now, a lot of times I've done it, many people have done it, we decide, well, I'm going to start the first of January of a year, and I'm going to read through the Bible, and that's good, it's good to be able to do it, we, uh, we, need, we need to uh, uh, be able to do that, but just reading through the Bible is not going to bring you the understanding and revelation. There needs, you need to be able to stop, take the time, and study what you're reading. Run some references. See what else the Bible, other books have to say about a particular verse or chapter that you're reading. That is where you get the hidden gems out of the Word of God. Taking the time to study. And other, there are other mysteries are brought about by our lack of understanding and not possessing the spirit of revelation. Amen. There are some things in the Bible that only comes by revelation. Uh, I, can, I can teach the bread of life message to doomsday and why we don't uh, uh, take a literal communion and how do we, we do it spiritually, but you have got to have a revelation of it before you're going to grasp it and see it. It has to come by revelation. It did with me. I never will forget. I, I was wishy-washy for years and years. One, one, way, one time I believed one way, and the other time I believed another way. But uh, because of prayer and studying, it says, God, i got to know the truth of this. Because I'm in the minority on this. There's more that believe the other way than this way. Many, many more. And uh, God gave me a scripture, and when I read that scripture, man, it just shot through my soul and my spirit. And I said, thank you, God. I see this. The scripture was that he gave me is in, is in Corinthians where Paul said, and now... Jesus has become our Passover. Man, that hit me like a boat of lightning. You know, I've been taught since a child in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all got together in the upper room and they was having the Lord's Supper. But they, if you look at all, all those places, Jesus told his disciples, go make ready the Passover. It was a Passover they was eating like they'd done ever since the first one we talked about a few minutes ago. And now, Jesus is on Passover. Mm. Woo. Hallelujah. The Bible clearly teaches us that the natural man by himself can't receive the spiritual realities of God's eternal word. We have got to have a revelation experience. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It's in your handout for those of you watching online. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Amen. My, my physical self, my natural man, Sammy Pruitt, on my own, cannot read the Word of God and understand it. Because what's in this book of life right here is not natural. It's all spiritual. And it has to be spiritually discerned. But that don't mean you can't get it. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you got the means to receive the revelation you need to understand. All you got to do is ask him and he'll give it to you. Hallelujah. Now, talking about the Bible being full of mysteries, there's one such mystery concerning a particular angel seen in the scripture who is called the angel of the Lord. We recognize him in scripture because in the original language and back in the Hebrew, the uh, the article, the, the angel, it don't say that in reference to every angel that you read about. But there are places that says the angel of the Lord. And let me remind you, I've taught this before, uh, but it's been a while. When you open your Bible and you look in the Bible and you see that word Lord in all capital letters, in the original, it's Yahweh or Jehovah. J-H-V-H, the four, four consonants. The Jews call it the tetragrammaton. That's the theological term for it. Uh, it um, it's talking about God himself. Amen. This angel is diverse from all other angels. And his identity is not explicitly revealed as who he was. Yet there are important clues within the word of God. The angel of the Lord first shows up. And I'm going to need somebody to be getting Genesis 16, 7 through 13. But the first time it's mentioned and he shows up is in the 16th chapter of Genesis where Hagar Sarah's maid had ran away from her mistress because of Sarah's mistreatment in Genesis 16, 17 through 13. Now, if you remember, God had promised Abraham a son, but Sarah, she had on the past 75-year-old this time, still ain't had none, so she talked to her husband, so let me give you Hagar, my maid, and you marry her. Uh, marriage, polygamy, more than one wife was permitted in the Old Testament. Uh, <laughs> Solomon, I got to talk to this man in heaven because he had 700 wives and 350 concubines. Lord of mercy. 
<laughs> he loves them. And you got to worry about one. <laughs> you fix it. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, I, I can see Abraham now saying, well, honey, if you really want me to. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't bark on it. And they were, uh, uh, her, her maid got pregnant. We all know the problem. We're still having trouble with the Arabs today on account of that. But uh, things didn't work out for Sarai, and so she began to mistreat her maid. And her maid took about all that she could take, and she decided to run away. Somebody read Genesis 16, 7 through 13. Wow. Notice now, it's not called an angel, but the, and that the is, is a special character in the Hebrew language. The angel of the Lord. And notice also, going with your handout here, Hagar does not address him as an angel at all, but rather as the God of sin. Or the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, D, Y, H, V, H, L, Roy. That's one of the names of Jehovah. The angel of the Lord is obviously no ordinary angel. If there is such a thing as an ordinary angel. Angels are described as messengers sent by God who do his bidding on his behalf. But the angel of the Lord clearly does not speak as a mere representative God like all the other angels, but as God himself. Who was this awesome angel? Oh, now maybe this ain't you know, as exciting to some as it is to me, but man, this just gets uh, my water boiling. Think about this. Okay, with that in our mind, I'm going to introduce you a theological term called theophanies. Anybody ever read anything or heard anything about theophanies? 
okay? If you understand the unity of the Godhead, you realize that Elohim, and Elohim is the Hebrew word for G-O-D, starting back in Genesis, Genesis 1. And the Lord God, that word God, is, is in the Hebrew Elohim. It is the powerful, mighty God, Elohim. If you realize that Elohim is revealed to us as Father in creation, Son in redemption, and Holy Spirit in manifestation of power and glory. Amen. So this is why I tell people all the time, no, I am not Jesus only. I believe in the Father, I believe in the Son, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, the Godhead makes up Father. He's Father in creation. He's Son in redemption. He's Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit in manifestation of power and glory. And when the fleshly side of Elohim was born through Mary, you see, all Mary did was give him a fleshly body. That's all she did. She was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. That's how she was impregnated. All right? Uh, Elohim, he, he had to go through Mary to pick up a fleshly body, a body that could suffer, feel pain, and die. Elohim in his pure form can't die. It's impossible for God to die. <coughs> but when he became a man, the fullness of, or as the Greek implies, the sum total of a Godhead resided in Christ, Colossians 2 and 9. Somebody read Colossians 2 and 9. In him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness, or according to the Greek, the sum total of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's why we sing the song, what? It's all in him. It's all in him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My, 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 my. I'm fixing to come up off this seat here. Mm, hallelujah. Jesus Christ was Elohim manifested in the flesh. Amen. God revealed in the flesh. God made visible in the flesh. God made known in the flesh. Mm. All right. Now, with that in mind, we understand that Christ had to exist. Now, I got three scriptures we're going to go to, and I need three different people to go to this, but I'll listen to this. If what I'm telling you is right, if Jesus... Uh, was all of that that he had there had to be scriptures to prove that Jesus existed before Bethlehem amen with that in mind we got to understand that Christ had to exist long before the incarnation of Bethlehem so is there scriptural evidence to prove this Somebody read John chapter 1, verses 1, and then drop down and read verse 14. 
Now verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, or according to the original Logos, the divine Logos. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word, that's, 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 that's the Christ, was made flesh, dwelt among us, okay? So here's one scripture that proves that Jesus uh, it was in existence long before the incarnation in Bethlehem. John, let's just stay, we're going to stay in the book of John and read verse, uh, chapter 8 and verse 58. Oh, before Abraham was, I am. And that I am was, that's why they wanted to stone him, by the way, because they knew when, what Jesus was saying. Because nobody else has ever said, I am, except back when uh, Moses asked what his name was. He said, I am. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm about ready to start teaching on the Godhead again. Mm. Before Abraham was, I was here before Abraham. All right, then John chapter 17, verse 5. Somebody else read that. All right. I want that glory stored back when we was there face to face. Right there, we was, we was as one. That glory, he done came to earth fulfilled, was fulfilling the reason he was going back to like it was the place he was before. So, this is only three verses, but the Bible's full of it. Let me, uh, let me say uh, something, uh, read further before I say what I was going to do. What about under the Old Covenant? All of those things mentioned in the New Testament, what about under the Old Covenant? Was there visible appearances or manifestations of Christ before he, uh, um, he manifested as a man? Yes. It was through the angel of the Lord by means of theophanies. And I'm giving you the definition of a theophany right here. A theophany is a temporary appearance of God or Christ, in physical form. You can look that up in any theological dictionary, theophany. It's, it's a temporary manifestation of Christ. He did it all through the Old Testament. Look at Genesis 22, 11 through 12, right? I got it. Prayer in your handouts. Those of you watching online, turn your Bible to Genesis 22, 11 and 12. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God 
Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. It wasn't just a normal angel. He didn't, Abraham wasn't sacrificing Isaac to an angel, but it was the angel of the Lord that intervened, which was a manifestation of Christ in the Old Testament, a theophany. He called out to him, and it, it proves it right there. He said, I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. God had told him, remember, I want you offering your son a sacrifice to me. To me. All right. Exodus chapter two, uh, 3, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So here's another place that probably many times you've read about, but you never really thought about. It's actually that burning bush. It was the angel of the Lord that appeared, a theophany, a manifestation, a temporary manifestation. All right, I'm going to give you one scripture now, and there's many others that will, should prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the angel of the Lord was indeed God himself, Elohim, or Jesus, whoever you want to call them, because they two are one. Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 14. Boy, and we're finishing up about the right time, too. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face and worship, fell on face to the earth and worship and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? That right there is the clincher, folks. Now, I have heard some say, Well, that must have been uh, Michael. He's the warrior angel. This is not Michael. Do you know angels are not permitted to accept worship? You know that? There were other times in the Bible that people tried to worship angels that appeared and they stopped them. It's, it's against the plan and will of God for human beings to worship angels. That's one big issue with the Catholic Church, you know. And look what happened here. He told him, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. The angel didn't stop him. I'm telling you, folks, that was the pre-existent Jesus. He's always been and always will be. Hallelujah. 
I, I ain't got it in the handout, but I, I, I got to tell you this before I close. Let me give you one more example of theophany. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to bow down to that false god that Nebuchadnezzar had built. He got upset and mad, and they had a furnace. This was probably the same furnace that they used to, uh, to smelt all the metals to make that great image that he made. And he said, I'm going to give you one more time, but if you hear the sound of the music, you fall down and worship my image well. But if not, I'm, that same hour, I'm going to cast you in the midst of the fiery furnace. And who is that God? Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? And they told the king, says, Lord, king, live forever, but our God whom we serve is able. But whether he don't, if he does or if he don't, we still ain't going to bow down and worship your image. Nebuchadnezzar in all his fury told him to heat up the furnace seven times hotter than ever been heated. And they got the soldiers there, and they bound their hands and their feet. And they took them, and they threw them in that furnace. It was so hot, the flames reached out and licked those soldiers in. They put them in there and burnt them up alive. But at that time, Nebuchadnezzar looked. Did, I not, did we not cast three men bound in the fire? Yes, O king, three men. That king said, I see four in the midst of the fire, and they're loose walking around in the fire, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Jesus was here a long time before Bethlehem. Oh, hallelujah. And like the song we sung earlier, we're going to see him again one of these days. Let's stand together. I hope you enjoyed our study on angels and we gave you a little something that you had, hadn't considered or thought about before. I want to make an announcement right now. Uh, we will be back, Lord willing, next Wednesday night. But the 24th, uh, that's the last Wednesday in the month, isn't it, Kathy? Isn't that the last Wednesday? The 24th, uh, we're going to have several people that's going to be uh, out. Uh, Chris has got some uh, kin folks back in uh, Texas that's going to be graduating, and Kessie and Chris are going to be traveling to Texas uh, uh, to uh, be in that graduation. So she won't be here to lead worship. He won't be up front to, to take care of all that stuff. That's the same week as AWCF and uh, uh, Douglas and Cecilia are going that. So um, I decided I would probably go a couple of days myself. So so you can plan. That's going to be coming up on the the long weekend, more day weekend. Oh, it's the thirty first. Okay, all right. But the twenty fourth is the one we're going to be gone. We won't be having service here. Um, and uh, so I'll let you know up ahead of time on that. But the Lord willing, we'll be back this coming Sunday. 
worshiping the Lord. Let's bow our heads and thank God for the service. Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you and we praise you for this service tonight. I thank you, God, for your word. Your word is so rich and fulfilling, and it feeds us, God. It feeds our spiritual man. I felt like I have grown some by digging in your word tonight. Bless each and every one here. Keep your hand up on everybody. Keep them safe as they drive home. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. We love you in the Lord.